Blog Talk Radio. The D-backs are off to a solid 18-13 and 13 start, so join us as we discuss the past week of D-backs baseball, including a two-game sweep of the New York Yankees. And welcome to the show. Hello, Diamondback Nation. My name is Blake. Uh, Chris should be joining us uh, at some point soon. And tonight we are going to be recapping the past week of Diamondbacks baseball. A lot of good stuff going on. Uh, you know, that Cubs series, there was a few up and downs, but the Yankees series, D-backs really hit it hard. And right now against the uh, against the Rockies, the D-backs are up 7-4 uh, to four in the bottom of the sixth inning. Robbie Ray still going strong in that game. We'll keep you updated updated uh, live uh, as we go along. So, yeah. But first, we're going to start it off with our now with our biweekly awards. Uh, we're just every two weeks. We skipped that on it last week, but uh, because you know you can't really do awards based on a one week basis. It's kind of too too small of a sample size. Um, as it looks like Robbie Rage got a double play. Now that they're now two outs in the bottom of the sixth. But anyway, we are going de- we are going to. Uh, yeah, go over our rattle up awards over the past week. So Silver Slugger, uh, obviously you have to go with Eduardo Escobar, who actually, uh, believe it or not, won NL Player of the Week. Um, a, ver- a very good sign uh, because he was kind of struggling at, at the uh, at the start of the season. Uh, not really, he was, he was, couldn't really get it going, and uh, and and he was, he was I think he was batting in the 100s for a while. Um, yeah, but now he but now he's a uh, He's doing pretty good, and he's he's back. He's doing pretty good now. Uh, yeah, stats from last week. Uh, yeah, the Diamondbacks were six and one in that week that he that he was a. Uh, or my bad, I'm not, I'm reading the wrong numbers. Yeah, so that's Bernal on the season hitting 286 with a 367 on base and a 514 slugging. I think this is. Hello, how you doing? Is this Chris? Yeah, it is. Okay, how you doing tonight, Chris? Yeah, we had some technical difficulties. Uh, not being able to connect. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I was starting at a slightly uh, awkward 7:41 p.m. But yeah, that should, it'll, it'll all be worked out. So it's still the same show for, for tonight. Anyway, yeah. Eduardo Escobar, a very good uh, week, hitting 480 over the six-game stretch with a 1573 OPS and. Uh, you know the Diamondbacks obviously they saved the Pirates and then they also um, had and then they also had that uh, Cub series at home which was kind of frustrating especially that last one that went 15 innings but yeah what do you what uh, what do you think about Eduardo Escobar's week? Um, he had a very good week. He uh, he hit well pretty much the whole week and uh, it just worked. He just he just came in strong when we needed him yeah in that Cubs series he had that game against Cubs lefty Jose Quintana where he had two he had two home runs uh batting from the right side of the plate and he's really been improving from the right side of the plate uh this year which is you know it's great to see uh for sure as TJ McFarland is gonna be making his season debut actually uh getting put in in the bottom of the six with two outs so, that, so uh yeah his his uh season debut after he had that shoulder inflammation 
Uh, Cy Young, I went with Zach Greinke, and that was just because of that Yankee start. He went he went seven and two thirds, and he he only gave one run. He was absolutely lights out, seven strikeouts or something like that. But I mean, even though that yeah, Yankees lineup is very injured and very uh and very thin, still I mean they still got some sluggers on there like Gary Sanchez and and Glaber Torres and some under the radar guys like Luke Voigt, all those guys. So yeah, I'm guessing you went with Zach Greinke as well. Yes, I did go with. Yeah, I went with Greinke too. He had a strong week and. Uh, that game against, I forget who, I think it was against the Cubs where he had the triple last week, and uh, he pitched well. And uh, Yeah, against Pittsburgh, yeah. I think, but yeah. Oh, it was against Pittsburgh that he did that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then for my, my rookie of the year, um, I thought about going with John Duplantier, but I still think Christian Walker has been our best rookie. Um, I, he's still sporting a 308 average and an OPS right around near 1,000. It's, it's a little bit below, but... He's still been a very solid bat in the lineup. Sure, he is striking out a lot, um, but I mean, I'd rather have guys striking out than hitting into, in, hitting into double plays. So I'm sure he'll he's gonna turn it back around. And uh, and again, he, I mean, he he hasn't had that many major league at bats. I mean, he's only had 104 bats this year, and before that, I mean, he's just gotten you know September call ups here and there. Or last year, I I he only had like a terrible like 160 average. But I don't think it's fair to judge a guy based off that when you're when when the only time you're getting as a pinch hitter, or you're backing up uh, the best first baseman in the league. So, yeah, but Christian Walker, I I would still say is a, one of our top uh, th- top three, maybe the best hitter on the team so far this year. Yeah, I agree with you. Duplantier, he's gotten seven um, no hit innings this season, but seven innings isn't really enough to judge judge someone and give them and say they're the best rookie. Even though that he has done really well, he got out of a bases loaded no out jam against the Cubs when we lost in 15. But uh, Walker, he's been doing amazing, and he's just filled in a lot better than I expected him to. And we're still missing Goldie, but I, I'm pleasantly surprised at how well he's doing. Yeah, and his defense has actually improved quite a bit. He's been making some pretty good plays out there. Uh, so I mean, obviously he's not going to be Goldie's level of defense, but he's do he's I haven't seen him make any terrible plays this year. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a, a, a good diamond in the rough find from them. Um, I'm pre- I think he was like a third-round pick back in 20 – I want to say like 2012 for, from the Orioles. So, yeah, I'm just glad he's, 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 he's turning it up. And for my disappointment, this might be an unpopular pick here, but I put Carson Kelly. Um, I mean, then again, it was only 51 at bat, so, you know, take it for the grain of salt. But he's batting below the Mendoza line on base isn't much better and his OPS is at 560. Now sure yes, he's a defensive catcher and his defense has been pretty solid this year but I mean I I I mean if Carl Kelly's going to be the catcher of the future, yeah, he's shown signs um his he's got a little bit of Buster Posey in his stance um that's what that's what I've seen from him and just kind of his play style. So I'm hoping as that back can develop but uh yeah, we'll just see how it goes throughout the year. And I went with Zach Godley. It doesn't really need much explanation, but he went from a pitcher that was guaranteed a starting spot in the rotation, and he was our third starter, and now he's in the bullpen. And I don't know if he's even one of our – he might be our worst or second to the worst bullpen pitcher because he's just – he's been struggling a lot, and I don't think he has lived up to his expectations for the year. Yeah. I think the early part of 2018 is when he really, I think yeah, early 2018 is when he had a really good stretch. But 
then again that it was also that was also just because uh, I think I think opponents didn't have such a big uh, scouting scouting uh, report on on his curveball, but once they learned how to how to lay off that curveball, then they could just you know his 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 uh, his primary his not primary his fastballs aren't you know that great and he doesn't throw extremely hard and you know once once the team saw how to how to lay off his curve, I mean there there you go. So as uh, in the in the uh, in this Rockies game. Teacher McFarland, uh, in his first batter face, gave a two-run pinch hit home run to Ryan McMahon. It is now a seven-to-six game. Arizona still on top in Coors Field. First time playing the Rockies this year. Um, well, the Rockies aren't having a great year, but they're still definitely going to be a very, very solid team, a very pesky team uh, that the uh, that that I'm actually going to have to play. And it's kind of the thing I want to talk about is like the entire NL West has not been that bad this year. Obviously, the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. I don't think you can really say anything about that anymore. Cody Bellinger is the frontrunner for MVP for sure. Uh, and the Padres, you know, they're, they're doing pretty good. Kirby Yates has emerged as a lights-out closer. You got Machado, who just – I think he hit two home runs off Kershaw tonight. So that, that was interesting to see. And, you know, Giants, they're still somehow winning a decent amount of ball games, even though that the roster is absolutely terrible. And you know, Rockies are 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 also a solid uh, playoff contending team. So, yeah, yeah. I'm glad the uh, D-backs are doing well tonight. I didn't expect them to do so good against the Rockies. Uh, well, they're really they've blown a bunch of leads so far in this game, but I didn't expect them to go in and score seven runs in their first game. Yeah. There were some defensive troubles back in the uh, well, it was that back in the fourth where the Rockies were able to tie the game and uh, I think there were two errors in the inning. So yeah, we are now heading into the seventh inning. Uh, D-backs still have the lead, but we'll see if they can hold on to that. Uh, still at nine more outs to get. So um, I want to talk about uh, just this whole team in general. Is I, the thing the thing with the offense was what I'm what I've been seeing is that. Sure, you're not going to have – there's not going to be any Cody Bellingers. There's not going to be any Christian Yelich's, any of, any of those, these frontrunner MVP type of guys. There's no goalies on the team. But everyone in the lineup, you know, one through eight and sometimes even one through nine, you know, Zach Rinke's playing, they're all pretty solid. They're all – I mean, they're they're all just really solid hitters. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they all can produce. Everyone does their job to help us score runs and – our pitching is doing a decent job at holding those runs, and it's just great to see one through eight, one through nine sometimes being able to provide runs and just doing a job to bring runners over and get them in. Yeah. So, yeah, what I want – so, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so – Sorry, uh, experiencing some audio difficulties here, but yeah, I want to talk about this 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 uh, this Cubs series now. Obviously, that game. So obviously that that game with you know with with the 15 inning game, uh, it it was really frustrating. That was a uh, yeah. That was a game frustrating was and long game to watch. Yeah. It was the second longest game in Chase Field history. Uh, the longest one was that Dodger game, if you can recall, early last year. Uh, it went like 16 innings or something, something like that. And I think Jeff Mathis was like, like the last, like last guy on, like on the roster, uh, on the bench to hit like a walk-off single. That one, that was a crazy game. But uh, 
yeah. So anyway, I mean, the, yeah, that, that's kind of reminded me of last year. The offense just wasn't able to score. I mean, the 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 pitchers the Cubs had in they were they weren't any like I mean the Cubs are very injured and a lot of their uh, top arms are, are are struggling. Brandon Morrow's out. Uh, you know, Carl Edwards Jr. actually was sent down because he was just struggling. He was just sucking so bad. But they had guys like Tyler Chatwood and guys like Kyle Ryan in. And the Diamondbacks were only able to manage five runs. Two of those came in the last inning. So I was hoping that we, we could have, you know, jumped up, jumped more on that. And that's kind of something I'm just confused is with, the, with the Diamondbacks in general, is that they seem to, to just jump over all these guys, all, all these aces, you know. I'm not, I'm not, like, saying, like, them exactly. But, you know, all these guys like Chris Sale and Jacob DeGrom and, like, all these, you know, high-caliber pitchers. But when they face a guy like Tyler Chatwood, they get shut down. So, I don't know if that's just like a mentality thing. The teams are like, oh, maybe we have it easy and we can just like ride ride this dub, or and then they, they just get they they just get unexpectedly uh, they get too comfortable or something like that. But yeah, that's really interesting. I don't I I, just, I really don't get it. That's just kind of been the team for the past few years. Yeah, and in that last inning, it was good to see them finally come to life and start hitting. But when Duplantier throws four scoreless innings, Andrews actually threw I think two good innings before he gave up the three runs and pretty much and every other pitcher there were three total runs until that last until the last inning yeah. both teams should have been able to score a lot more runs than they did and it's just disappointing to see that in the games that should be not easy to win but they should have they should be able to win they can't put up any runs yeah and just some news out of here Gatel Marte just hit his second home run of the night, and it's the third time this season that he's homered to, from both sides of the plate in the same game. It is now nine to six uh, Diamondbacks in the top of the seventh. Finally, um, some more insurance runs because we're going to need them. Yeah. But I mean, talk about Gatel Marte. That is now his ninth home run of the season, and he's really turned. Well, first of all, I mean, he. Uh, I think you know the team obviously values him for being able to play multiple positions, both the outfield and the infield, and at a pretty high rate. Yeah, I mean, it was just a towering shot, uh, just dead, dead center field. Uh, I'm, I'm watching the game uh, live right here. Yeah, but, I mean, it was just a – it was an impressive display. It's been an impressive display this, the whole season for Gatel Marte. Yeah, I mean, it's like you – know, when, when they got when they got him from Seattle, I think a lot of people overlooked it and said, like, oh, Seattle's getting Gene Segura – and 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 all these and uh, and uh, obviously Mitch Haniger is pretty good too, but but I think Catel Marte at the time he was just seen as like a, a little contact speed defense kind of guy, but he's he's really turned turned up his power, and I you could even make the argument that he's more power bat than a contact bat at this point in his career. I mean he has just been especially from the right hand side of the plate. I mean he's just been developing so much pop, and it's been really fun to watch him play. I could you could make an argument that he's the most electrifying player on the team at this point. Yeah, he can do anything. He could. He's he hits for power. He gets on base a lot, and he plays good defense at multiple positions. In the 15 inning game, they moved him around, so uh, they moved him to second base. It just shows the versatility that he has, and he's still able to be a great defensive or good defensive player and a good hitter. Yeah, I would I would honestly compare him to uh, a Yohan Moncada, but with really good defense and speed. Uh, and doesn't strike out as much. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to hit an ad here, and we'll get back into the game recaps of the past, you know, the Cubs series and the Yankee series. 
Hey guys, this is Benson from Bucko Booth, also producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We have a lot to get into, starting with Brian Reynolds and his historic start to his big league career. He is catching up to Gregory Polanco's 11-game hitting streak to start a career and could be there very soon. We discuss how he's making history and what happens when Corey Dickinson returns. We gave our three takeaways from the Pirates' sweep of the Texas Rangers this week and what it means for the team going forward as they finally got off their eight-game losing streak. And a minor league report, Pirates uh, minor league pitcher Cody Bolton continues to dominate in the minors. When could we see him in Pittsburgh? All this and much more on this week's episode of Bucko Booth. 2 p.m. Eastern, this Saturday, Bucko Booth. I'll let you get back to this show, but hope to see you there Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. And welcome back to the show. Yeah, we're going to get into a game recap of this this uh, of this of Cubs series first and then the Yankees series. Uh, some good things to take away and also some bad things. Uh, well, just first, the game scores on Saturday, the Diamondbacks fell to the Cubs 9-1. to Zach Godley, this is probably his last start. Uh, at least until he can, until you know injury happens, or he he's shown, shown that he can has the ability to actually pitch good again. He only went two and two thirds in this game. He gave up five total runs, uh, four walks. I mean, it was just it was just a bad display against the Cubs. I think was this the one where Bryant had two home runs, or was that I don't know. This was David Bryant Bode, had two yeah. home runs on Sunday. Yeah, that was on yeah, that was on uh, Sunday. And then, yeah, the game on Sunday, Diamondbacks lost to this one 6-5 to five in 15 innings, which, I mean, the Diamondbacks had to use up their entire bullpen. I think so did the Cubs also. So Their last yeah, pitcher I mean, came in to get the last out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, and Matt Andres got taxed with the loss. He gave up uh, uh, he gave up three runs in the top of the 15th. Um, but that's the thing. It's like I think a lot of these Diamondbacks – not these Diamondbacks fans, I shouldn't say that, but I think a lot of Diamondbacks fans – are, you know, they criticized Matt Andrees for that game, and well, yeah, sure, uh, you know, that that three-run fifteenth inning was was pretty bad. But I, I mean, Matt Andrees has been actually kind of pretty solid this year. If I'm if I can just pull up his stats real quick, um, yeah, but he hasn't honestly been that that bad. And yeah, he's and, he has a winning record on the year as a relief pitcher. He's gotten a lot of appearances, and he's I'm pretty sure his ERA isn't too bad. He's, just in, uh, he's been it, doing pretty well. Yeah, it's 4.34, but then again, he does get asked to just to do for a lot of difficult situations. Like, he had that, like, three out, uh, nine-out save on a, on in the first game of the series, and then only two two games later, he had to go in and pitch two innings and against the Cubs lineup. And it's not like he – it's not like – you know, he, he's been pretty solid uh, this year. Um. Just as a whole, I think there's just a few bad bad games in there that really talked, really made the ERA go up. But yeah, I think he's a solid bullpen option just just you know for just for taking up innings and everything like that. And he's on, yeah, and he's been pretty decent in in late relief also. But I don't know if we mentioned this on, on the show last week. I have a proposal. You know, Robbie Ray he has kind of struggled to go late into games, which is going to be expected with a with a pit, with a pitcher like him. You know, high strikeout ratio kind of guy. But here's my suggestion: is that we use a closer for Matt and or a closer, an opener for Robbie Ray, and then I could I would suggest using Matt Andrees as an opener for him, um, just so Matt Andrees can you know, get us the first two innings. And I mean, he was a solid he was a, he was a solid opener starter guy in Tampa Bay, 
So I think he can repeat that pretty well here. And then you bring in Robbie Ray out of the bullpen, and you get him in some of those later, you know, seventh inning, eighth inning, uh, let, you know, higher level situations. And, I mean, yeah, does that sound like a good idea to you? Um, only problem I see with that is that Matt Andrews is one of our only one of our only long relievers that can go three or four innings. So if the starters do need a long reliever to go in after them, we're stuck with Cook as our only option. And if we have to do that multiple days in a series, then we wouldn't have anyone else to go to because Matt Andrews would have been the opener for one of those games most likely. So I could okay. see how that would work, but it would also run into problems if we need a long reliever. So, so yeah, that that was that game. And I mean, you don't have to put in, uh, you don't have to put in Andres. You could put in a guy, maybe like a guy like I don't know, Hirano. Probably not Hirano, but you know, guys like Lopez, something like that. Um, and maybe you know, I think it's something that the Diamondbacks should, should try out. I don't think right now, but if they ever get into a rough patch. During the during the some part in the regular season or Robbie Ray starts to struggle, I think that would be a good uh, good uh, idea. So uh, real quick, we have a caller in, so I'm gonna screen him. So Chris, if you just want to take us through the first uh, game of the of that Yankees series, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go screen this caller real quick. Okay, so the first game of the Yankees series, it was a two game series, and uh, it was good thing we had an off day right after. The game on Monday, I mean Sunday night, well Sunday afternoon, which ended up being Sunday night because we were we showed up well in this game. Our pitching only gave up one one run, and uh, we ended up winning three to one. Uh, our Granky went seven and two thirds, only giving up five hits and one earned run. Chafin and Chafin and Holland also pitched. Uh, one in one inning for Holland and only a third for Chafin, but they both went. They neither of them gave up a run or a hit, and uh, they just did really solid. And our hitting didn't do too great, but when we don't need to, when Granky gives up one run in such a long time. Yeah, Granky's really been uh, solid this year, and uh, it's really good to see because he's you know he's got a few years left on his deal and. And hopefully he can just you know be that ace that he that he was that we signed him for uh, when he was with the Dodgers. Uh, we got a caller now, uh, Raj from Arizona. He's wanting to talk about who he thinks is or who we think is going to win the World Series. How how you doing today, Raj? Um, pretty good. I had a question. What do you guys think? Who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? So I think the favorite right now, probably preseason favorite, was the Yankees. But since everyone's injured right there. I, I think the new favorite is the, is the Astros. Um, I think a lot of people wrote them off this year, uh, maybe just as you know, uh, maybe just like vo- uh, voters fatigue, and you know they you know they were already like they've, I mean, because looking at going to this year, they probably had the, already had the best chance of winning the World Series. People just thought, like wanted to pick a, a new winner instead of the Astros who already won it in 2017. But I mean, the Astros you can't find a, a really a hole on their roster. Their starting rotation is very good. Their lineup, when healthy, is just was arguably the best in baseball and they're they got yeah i we're really not talking about the real important sport we're not talking about basketball who do you think is going to win the cy young award for golden glove the cy, okay the cy young award yes that's a very good question uh uh raj's friend uh the cy young award <laughs> i would say Right now in the AL, I'd say Trevor Bauer has the best chance to win it. Uh, 
He's been lights out this year. Former Dimeback himself, but yeah, he's been a lights out this year for the Indians. And in the NL, I mean, I have a question. I mean, there are guys yeah. like... In the NL, there's really no one that's standing out and doing really good all around. I'd say there's a lot of pitchers that could win it at this point. One's probably going to jump out and win soon. Yeah, in the AL, there there are some clear favorites. But in the NL, guys like Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard have been really struggling to start off the year. And I don't know if they're going to be able to, uh, you know, match it how how they've been. Uh, I think a guy in the Diamondbacks who could win it is just that – is that crazy? Uh, you know, because he's got that uh well first of all, he's already an established ace and he had a pretty good season back in twenty seventeen and all of them. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Raj? Um, so we're pretty avid watchers. Just just wondering what happens if you're watching a Diamondbacks game and you happen to slip into the pool. Uh, that that'd be pretty unfortunate. Uh, I wanna thank you guys for calling in. So Okay, and they dropped. <laughs> Those are my friends. They're just messing with me. We like to have fun here on the sh- on, on Rattle Up. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the second game of the Yankee series. My my goodness. Uh, Chris, if you, if you just want to walk us through it, go ahead. Okay. So uh, this game was the first game of May, and uh, the Diamondbacks started off well. We won 3-2 uh, to two under another strong performance by Kelly, only giving up one run. Um, Archie Bradley also gave up a run in this game, and uh, I'm not exactly sure who else pitched. We had a lot of pitchers this game because Kelly only got through five and a third. Hirano, Lopez, Chafin, Holland, and Bradley all came in in relief, and they all did pretty well except Bradley was the only one that gave up a hit or a run. And uh, the D-backs offense, again, couldn't really get anything started, but as – just like last game, when you can hold them to less than three runs, you don't need to score a lot. Yeah, they were facing uh, Masahiro, Masahiro Tanaka in that game. And, yeah, the pitching staff is pretty good. Uh, Greg Holland has been absolutely lights out this year. A uh, quick update on the score. We are now going into the eighth inning. Diamondbacks still up 9-6 to six in Colorado. Series opener there. But yeah, Greg Holland has been absolutely lights out. Uh, and, uh, and actually, two former uh, Rockies uh, relievers, uh, Adam Adovino and Greg Holland both pitched in that game. So a little bit of a uh, connections uh, from, from the past game to this game right now, but yeah. Um, the, the offense that didn't, wasn't great. Um, obviously I think they were facing uh, Tanaka and some of their relievers were just kind of shutting us down, but yeah, I mean, when you can sweep the Yankees, that that's obviously a, a very good sign. Cause if the Yankees swept us with that lineup, I mean, Yankee fans would just be going off, but yeah. They already were. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah. The, there was a comment on the Dimex post, like, no more Archie. He gave up, like, one run. And, they, and I I don't know. That's just kind of – I think we're all susceptible to this, is when a guy will have, go out there and have one semi-bad performance and we'll want him off the team. So, but, yeah, I mean, a very good series, though, and a Dimebacks are still uh, up there. Um, and they were five games want? over 500. Too. Yeah, and five, hopefully five they can hold on and they'll be six over, which is really good. It's a lot better than I expected they would be. Yeah, yeah, just just one game behind the NL uh, NL best Dodgers, and it's kind of like 2017. Because going into 2017, I've had a very disappointing year in 2016. Um, yeah, but they going into going into 2017, they didn't have a lot of expectations, and then they just uh, were on a tear. They won 93 games. 
2018, they had expectations, and they've kind of flopped in September, uh, as Diamondbacks fans would love to forget. But obviously, it's going to keep being uh, brought up, at least for the foreseeable future. But yeah, in 2019, they, a lot of people wrote them off. You know, they say, oh, they lost Goldie, they lost Corbin, they lost Pollock. But, you know, this team, you could make the argument that it has gotten better because, you know, when Goldie leaves, the, you know, you guys have to step up and be that new leader pretty much. So Yeah, it seems like every other year we have a disappointing year and then we're, we have no expectations and we do very well. Or we mm-hmm. do a lot better than what people thought we would do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of good to take take away from this month from this month of April. Now going into May, we want to thank you all of you for tuning in and calling into the show. Uh, and have a good night, everyone. We will see you next Friday. Goodbye. Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710, and Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D. CAS1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.